0: The Vans Now podcast is made possible by the contributions of our patrons. We thank you so much for your continued support of not only this podcast, but also VNSnow.com. If you're interested in joining them and financially supporting our endeavors, please check out our Patreon page at patreoncom slash VNSnow. Well, folks, we got another special one for you today. Today, we go back into the vault into an episode that wasn't necessarily a test episode but was about to be lost to time until rescued by yours truly to celebrate the holidays and look forward into the future. This is the V is Now podcast. Let's get started. Virtually no time, good afternoon and good day and good evening and whatever else, I, I don't know where you guys are Hello everybody, <laughs> JP the third for the Now podcast at VMSnow.com It's uh, good to be among you as we prepare for these holiday seasons And whatever you're celebrating, I hope that the holidays find you well And that you have an opportunity to celebrate it with those you love and uh, ones that are close to you And yeah, just have a good time and enjoy it That's what these times are meant for For remembrance, for enjoyment And for preparation for the year to come Next year we'll be kicking off uh, with Visual Novel 2019 Not Visual Novel, but Visual Conference 2019 to start off with rather It's a conference about visual novel development and the business end of it I spoke this past year on it And it was a great time Randy, who organizes that event, does a fantastic job every year making sure that it's a premier event, basically an entire day-long conference that has resources and ideas and presentations that you really can't get anywhere else from people who have done it and done it well. And uh, while I may not be speaking at Visual Conference 2019, I haven't made up my mind yet, but it's leaning no. Um, But I figured... It would be a good chance going into that conference and preparing for a new year covering this particular corner of gaming that we take a look back at the first visual conference, 2017. I was not speaking at that one, but I did attend and I was there the entire day listening to all the conference and had a chance to really get a taste of what was to come. And at that time, I was also trying to launch a streaming platform called the Instant Radio, where the uh, SoundCloud page for this very podcast gets its name from. Uh, radio is a passion of mine, and I really enjoyed having that station. but it wasn't tenable for various reasons. But after the conference was over, I went live and broke down the entire day. And only recently did I find that I kept the MP3 From that show. Because I thought. (laughs) I was thinking for a while. And this tells you my memory. I was thinking for a while that I just did it live. And when I removed myself from Spatial. That that episode was lost to history. Nope. We still got it. And I really enjoyed this episode. And an opportunity to talk about. Where visual novels. And English visual novels in particular could go. What the future looked like. So. I hope you guys enjoy it and here's the full episode. Visual Conference Wrap Up 2017. Well, 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 what an interesting interesting day. I can sincerely say that was not what I was expect- was expecting in all, in every possible good way I can think of. Uh, (laughs) I I was hoping for so much and I got delivered so much and I'm actually very grateful uh, to all of the organizers of the event and everything that went into it um, for laying out the groundwork for hopefully many, many more uh, visual conferences to come. But uh, this is v Radio. I am JP the Third of v and And this is the wrap-up show for uh, Visual Concepts 2017. It's been happening all day. I've been keeping my eye on it and watching it all day. Haven't really been um, reporting on it like I want. Um, but that's more or less because of what... I was listening to and me just wanted to take advantage and make sure I was hearing everything the way I was supposed to hear it uh thank you very well attended lots of very interested people paying attention and you know giving a lot of love to the speakers just a full day of information and not that many um I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, this speaker was bad or that speaker was bad. There were a few (laughs) that I will admit that I was just sitting there kind of going, what? Uh, Huh? But there was a lot that shows the potential direction these conferences can go and the direction the EVN community can go in as a whole. And that's what uh, I can't speak for anybody else, but that's what I'm excited about. Uh, Moving forward, we are going to, hold on, we gotta make sure that the decks are all nice and proper, and that they switch over, and yes it does, look at that, it's actually paying attention and doing what I wanted to do, Uh, y'all don't know how much I struggled with this thing, (laughs) this thing was a pain in the ass the entire time, but Thank you very much, and uh, thank you very uh, very much to the organizers. Uh, the biggest thing I take away from this conference is that more people are recognizing the industrial potential of the EVN market. And maybe it just took a while for people to get actually profitable in this market, which is probably the case. Uh, but now more and more people are starting to understand, hey, not only can I do this as a hobby, but I can actually make a living off of it. I'm not going to be <laughs> a Microsoft CEO level yet, but I can make a living off of making visual novels. And that is so critical moving forward because this is stuff for the regular listeners and the regular um, attendees and readers of com, you know this is stuff we've been talking about for years. The capital potential, the marketing potential, it just was a matter of, okay, who can take that next step? Who can go from just being a developer and fold in the corporate aspects of what it would take to succeed? I remember a couple of years ago uh, writing an article about Star, Starfighter Eclipse and The big debate of that article was that I referred to their Kickstarter funds as an expense. And everybody, well, not everybody, but a good number of people lost their shit because how dare you call that an expense when they're making money. And some people in this um, conference said, yeah, that's an expense because it's going to pay for assets that go to your game. You haven't made a dime yet. So we've gone from... Um, we've gone from people kind of playing Little League with this enterprise to really starting to think about it in a broader context. And that makes me happy as a reviewer and as a commentator because there is a lot of potential here that can be tapped. Um, go over to the notes here. I have a lot of notes. Uh, but it was overall solid. I would break it down because I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not going to sit here and say this person was bad, that person was bad. There were. There was a thematic thread through certain talks, and other talks were just straight line. If you're a developer, if you're planning to be a developer, this is what you need. So, for the more thematic talks, and the ones that I will be doing my best to get to you guys, summarized notes and everything, because I feel that that will be probably the most beneficial moving forward. You got um Randy Al Al yeah. Ooh. Lord forgive me, he organized this whole thing and I don't even know his name well, Uh, Justin Kuyper, The Watercrest Team, uh, Nicholas Johnson, Ian Glidewell, Lawrence Brenner, and uh, whoever Tinfoil is. Those talks focused more on the visual novel market as a business and how to position yourself to potentially profit from that business and their ability to do that and keep it interesting was with respect to everybody else the highlight of the conference because it gave developers an opportunity to explore the possibility of maybe I do want to actually make a profit out of this thing maybe I don't want it to just be a um a pastime it it was they were all very well researched talks very intelligent conversations. Not that everything else was stupid. It wasn't. But the rest of the talks focused on the more hardline, traditional developers aspects of uh, visual novel production. Christine Love, Tom, um, John Duran, Doran. <laughs> well, he's Canadian. I'm sure it's pronounced Doran. Um, uh, Jonathan Rye, uh, jo- Joshua Rye. Hold on. This is, this is, this is where... I get... (laughs) The other talks focus more on the development of visual novels as development. Not that anything's wrong with that. But it's the conversation we've been having for years and years now. We did get a piece of news about that. We got the interactive director launched today, or at least the first version, for ren And that was great news. This is something that came up last year at Anime Fest and I was in the room whenever a developer in the room was going crazy <laughs> and it was about to carry Tom out on their shoulders because he just made their lives a hell of a lot easier. But there is a distinct difference I think in this conference and moving forward what I think we can see from conferences like these are conferences that f- develop on Focus on the development aspect, which would be very interesting, and those that focus on a business and technical aspect, what it takes to accurately build your game, your how to really make the most out of the Rampai engine, and Unity, and any of the other tools that we are starting to get more and more of in this group. So, oh, ah, excuse me. I was about to say, I remember his name. No, I don't. So I think that's something that we need to tap into now more than ever. I think if this conference proves anything to me, and it was just starting off with uh, the uh, Randy Owl's talk about the history of it and how the market has constantly evolved. He brought up something that I hadn't thought about, but it's very true, that with the increase of private holding companies like Sekai, and them bringing over long-wanted visual novels from the East, there is slowly becoming a lack of content. Because when you have Clannad, when you have uh, Fate, which will, I'm sure, come over eventually, when you have all of the quote-unquote popular Japanese visual novels come over, eventually people are going to start looking for new content. It's the problem people are having now with the expansion of the internet as a platform. And people getting tired of cable. Uh, where do you get all your content from? Uh, what, what do you tap into to keep people coming back and giving you money more or less? And the answer is the EVN developers. They are the ones producing the next generation of content that people will want to see and play. There is one thing I do have to take issue with with that talk and everybody who knows me knows that this is something I've been taking issue with, with a long, for a long time and he said that eventually EVNs have to get from behind the shadow or, or something along these lines behind the shadow of the Japanese developers I do have a problem with that because when you want to talk about and I talked about this a little bit at the midway point but when you want to talk about um, EVNs and Japanese influence. The ones that stand out, have stood out the most, at least in my last five or six years of doing this, are the ones that have, have broken the mold and have gone a completely different direction. The one, the, the biggest one was in 2013. And I know a lot of people will say, well, it was Katawa Shoujo that really opened up the minds of the people to this as a medium. Or, or uh, Analog of Hate Story, which was the first English visual novel on Steam. But for me, the moment where EVNs became their own thing was in 2013 when an entire nation said, Hey, this EVN game that was made about art is technically a piece of art. So <laughs> that was the Netherlands, that was Cave Kave Days of the Day. Very good visual novel. But what made it even better is that it garnered a level of recognition that even now it's rare but before it came along it's tantamount to impossible so you had that happen and that's when more and more English visual novel developers said okay maybe I can experiment and get that level of recognition and we're beginning to see that now with um, Valhalla which I consider an English visual novel although I know I may be in the uh, background of that one or in the um, minority of that one We've got everything that Moa Cube is coming out with, with their fantastic artwork. We see getting into politics with a GOP candidate dating game. Why? But you know it's going to show up on news at some point. Again, why? But. And the, the most interesting evolution, as far as I'm concerned, is the idea of them taking the visual novel idea... And turning it over into a narrative-driven game. Something that's extraordinarily story-rich, but not stuck in the visual novel container. And that's going to be your Oxenfreeze, like I was playing a little bit earlier. Fantastic. Um, What is it? Echoes of Light, which is another platformer. Extraordinarily good. Orwell, which I have a little bit more problem with, but we'll get into that at some point. Your uh, The Westport Independent. Uh, Papers, Please, The Stanley Parable. Games like this that aren't so much about gameplay, but more about, okay, let's tell the story in the most interesting way possible, and the story is the key, not necessarily the gameplay. That is where I see it going, and where we as hardcore enthusiasts have to start making more room for and allow for more developers to play around with. And we're getting to that point, I think. Um, It is interesting for me to watch people Get it It's It's interesting for me to Watch people talk about development And what they're doing and where they want to go And More and more people Are talking about okay this is how I can Use Unity and make my Visual novel more interesting this is how I can Use Live 2D this is how I can use This engine or that engine and it's something that I want to see these conferences kind of nurture. And it's the niche I think they can fill. But before that, let me just um, recap a few more of these talks and get a sip of water. Why is my phone going off? Oh, the Falcons scored. I'm also, I'm also keeping a fat, an eye on the Falcons game. Here's hoping that they beat Seattle. <laughs> Apparently, things are going very well. Uh, let's see here. So, after Agilis' talk, we had Justin... Okay, where's my phone? Let me get this away from me. The phone is not even near me. Is my is my mic just that good? Alright. Uh, I'm not walking all the way over there to turn off my phone. So, we had Justin Kuiper. We know him from uh, the Buzz Visual Novel Podcast. He's a frequent contributor to that. He also is helming its own visual novels. He talked a lot about the fundraising process and getting money for your visual novel and the different levels of fundraising you can do that's not just limited to Kickstarter. This was a very good talk for me just because it's informative in a way, and we've been discussing it on social media a lot, that the United States government, at the very least, was very interested in funding educational games moving forward. They just had uh, Girls Make Games in the White House. So there is federal and state-level funding for people as long as you can present your concept in a way that will make sense to the educational and how this will help minority developers and things like that. There's also, he also talked about private funding, which is always a little bit more tricky, but it paves the way for people to treat this market like a market, to invest in, say, a soccer visual or uh, Kuiper's uh, development studio And put their money into it and get a little bit cut back it's a little bit more trickier and opens yourself up to a lot more (laughs) a lot more litigation i was just thinking about something else like i don't know if anybody wants to be sued but a question i had that was kind of answered but really needs to be dug into is these people who are you're going to for private funding okay are they asking about your structure are they actually asking about how you're going to execute your plan, what are the levels of control in your plan? And he talked about the minority shareholder not minority shareholders and majority shareholders and stakeholders, and stakeholders in a project. And that's close. But if you think about and we'll get into it this with another talk, is a very utilitarian, not utilitarian, but very democratic approach to visual novel development now. Everybody gets together Everybody does their thing, and they're united under one voice, more or less. Not, okay, this is the CEO of the project, and this is the person who's responsible for getting the money, and this is the person responsible for making sure we don't get sued. That level of organization is still a ways off. But just starting with grant money is a positive start. And those two opened it up, and it it gave us a theme that was touched on and threaded through, But not fully realized to the degree someone a nerd like me would have wanted. Which was strictly focused on the business and industrial side of visual novels. But then you had uh, Jake Buckhead who went through his logo design process an excellent talk just because he focused on how to market his site and his artwork to people who won't necessarily pick up something with an anime girl on it. And I know that's a popular thing. I got my anime girl on my website. So I'm not here to um, complain or criticize. But it is something that deserves a bit more consideration. How do we get people who aren't interested in visual novels usually to pick it up? It starts with the cover. And how to design the cover. So excellent talk there. Game engine for even development that came from John Duran. As a Dur- Duran. I'm calling you Duran Duran. I'm sticking to it. It's, it was very brief. It was lightning fast, but it talked about how he went, decided to go with Unity and going through the different visual novel engines. This can be an entire episode of any podcast anywhere because even when you're going through the pros and cons, I think most developers are going to stick to run and Unity. Um, we can discuss that mostly because people have their purposes and what they think they want the engine to do in the end and the sort of documentation and end goal results like if let's say i made a a visual novel of rempe can i port that out to a handheld console which i think is the eventuality within the next few years for the evm market and that's not the case yet that's more along the lines of unity but well, that's a whole discussion in and of itself. That needed way more than 20 minutes. <laughs> but he did what he could. And it was a very good technical overview. And then we went into uh, Unity 3D and an overview of that, which was fantastic. It was very, very strong. Because it showed it showed the possibilities outside of the regular engine. And I know I-, I prefer the Rampai engine. I know many of the people listening prefer the Rampai engine, but the reality is is that to go to handheld, to go to even consoles, there is a much better chance of teaming up with those platforms with Unity. At least right now, I mean, at some point we're going to get Rampai 7 or Rampai 8 or <laughs> Rampai 9 or whatever it'll take to get it to that level. But right now, if you go to Nintendo or Sony or Microsoft and you say, this is my game and it's made in Unity, you have a much better chance of getting onto their marketplaces and onto their stores than you do with my game was made in renpy or my game was made in Toronto Builder. Especially in Toronto Builder, I have yet to see a game that was made in Toronto Builder that was worth a crap. Whole nother story for a different day. But very good talk there um and talked a lot again a lot about the technical aspects of this and using unity 3d uh probably the one that i was most entertained with all due respect to the presenter <laughs> because i was following twitter at the same time and apparently christy love got up like an hour before she was supposed to do this <laughs> And a part of me was like, okay, there's a chance that she does webcam and she's still in her pajamas and her hair is all over the place. But we didn't have that, right? Webcam was off, which is probably for the best. She did narrative techniques and Lady Killer and the Bind. And this one tore me pretty good. Because it was an excellent talk. Christine Love is an intelligent developer. I still don't know if I'm gonna play this game. (laughs) It's a good insight into how she builds games and how to build narrative. And it was good on the development track more than the business track, just because it was focused on making sure that. Trying to think of a way to put this. Making sure that the developers keep their audience fully in mind when designing dialogue and choice structures. That's probably the best way to put that. And it was good. It was um, the way her mind works in building those choice structures was fantastic. And I think it gave people a lot to work on, especially in the new developers coming through. And I still don't know because it, it was really, really focused on how it worked the narrative how the narrative worked in Lady Killing the Bind just because Lady Killing the Bind used such a unique narrative engine. I still don't know if I'm going to play that (laughs) though. I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. It's the problematic Heterosexuality part of the choice structure Because she was showing screens And there she doesn't she did it like Telltale Where the game keeps track of the choices you make And there's a whole category Of choices that are labeled Problematic heterosexuality <laughs> And I know it's about Lesbians banging each other silly But I don't think I want to know the choices That lead you down that path It's just going to screw with my mind And I've played enough things Over the past six years that have screwed with my mind Thank you very much But moving on What's new in RenPy? The big announcement here And Tom tried to make the talk Similar to Christine's Making it about how the people can use it And being more utilitarian And I think that worked out well And showing just how RenPy can be used On a straightforward level Even a beginning level And of course that's when we got the big um, announcement About uh, the interactive director being out right now, uh, we did have, he did admit that Renpai 7 was still probably a ways off. But that's fine. That's fine. The constant building and rebuilding. The constant building and rebuilding of the Pi 6 keeps it relevant and it keeps it growing and the community growing. And as long as people are contributing to it, I have no problem with it. But it was a very informative talk. And one that I think people can use if you haven't heard Tom talk. He, <laughs> if you haven't heard Tom talk about the engine and using the engine and what's coming to RinPi, you miss out on a lot just because it is one of the best visual novel, if not the best visual novel engine on the stage right now. And knowing how to use it opens the door to literally everything else in this community. So, good talk from Tom, good talk from Christine. It focused on a completely different side of the conference. But excellent talks nevertheless. Uh, We had a couple of lightning quick talks. They blew through these next two talks about uh, teamwork and editing. The editing stuff is good. (laughs) You've probably heard it before, but it's good. The teamwork talk ties into a talk given by some folks from Watercrest Studios. And that's about managing your team. Especially when you have a tight deadline and Something that came through Excuse me uh, I need my water, I'm sorry <laughs> um, One of the things that came through In these two talks Is something that will I'm Trying to think of a nice way to pull it Because I know I'm about to step on some toes I can feel it it's about team management and how to run a successful studio and one that puts out work consistently. That's basically what it focused on. And it focused on a lot of hard truths. It focused on a lot of, you know what? This isn't a democracy. We run it, it's been run like a democracy in the past, but we want to get these games out. So that means there's a leader and a vision. And everybody is coming together to execute that vision as quickly as possible. And what it did, I don't know where, I don't know how well it went over with the audience. Because I'll be honest, I was listening too intently to keep follow through on the Discord channel. But what it did, it set up an entirely different idea than what most EVN developers are even used to. Most EVN developers, and I, I just thought about something. I'm sorry, I'm adjusting things on the mic. There it is. (laughs) I just thought about something like I could probably hear myself better if I adjust the mic. I don't know why I thought about this halfway through the show. But most EVN developers (laughs) come together as an equal partnership. The majority. Um, They say, hey, you got this skill. I got this skill. Let's peanut butter and jelly this thing up. Or peanut butter and chocolate this thing up. And we're equal partners in all of this. The idea, it it, it is a very democratic idea. This idea was more corporate, to put it in the nicest possible terms. It was far more corporate where there's a boss, there's a plan, there's a strategy, and everybody in the team is along to execute that strategy. It is a very, very rare idea that... Some people have used the individual novel community to great effect. Wing Clown being one of them, although it pains me to admit it. And one, if this is the start of something big, if this the, if this is the start of Evian's becoming more of an industry and a corporate entity and not just a something where everybody comes to and have fun, which I know... <laughs> Tom is probably clawing at his screen if he hears me talking about this. But if more people are looking at this as a business endeavor instead of just personal enjoyment, Watercress is right. This is the way it has to go. There has to be someone at the top making sure that the plan is being followed. There has to be somebody making sure that money is being flowed to correctly that they that know the difference between an expense and revenue and it's trying to maximize revenue to the best of their um best of their ability there has to be somebody who knows marketing and is involved in making sure the game is getting out to the most amount of people there is just a lot of roles that comes with forming a corporate style entity that most people don't take into account because most people just look at the dollar side and say hey let's go get that money but the more I listen to this talk, and this fits in to the talk from Agilus and Kuiper, the more I listen to these talks about team building and team management, the more I realize that there are more people looking at this and saying, yeah, we can run a business off of this. And that was just fantastic to listen to in there. So I really enjoyed those talks. Next up, we had music. Music is crucial. And talk about the cruciality of music. Too easy and again going into development But very very important I hope that if Not if but when these type of conferences Happen again that we get some of the More noteworthy composers Uh, Yami apparently worked On the Katawa Shoujo OST I missed I'm sorry I missed his biography completely Hold on let me just click this thing Music composer he's been electronic music For five years so he I don't see his biography. I'll have to look it up But along with Yami, I would love to see people like Isaac Shankla, Combat Player, Rob Westwood, Michael Kelly, people who have made very, very noteworthy EVN uh, original soundtracks involved in talking about their process and how important it is and what needs to be done in order to make that happen. So it was a good talk, but again, focusing on the more design elements that are very important to the developer side of things environmental design using 3d software i did not know nick green was an architect although now it makes a lot of sense looking back at his work in his portfolio and the games that he wants to make um it makes a lot of sense now in retrospect uh but it was a very again it showed the potential of these talks because it had him he was showing a lot of his models and his design process and it was very very good Uh, because a lot of people are going to use 3D designs in making their backgrounds and it's not just going to be a bunch of hand-painted art. So it was fantastic to watch it all just kind of flow and come together. Very good talk from Nick Green. Um, Supporting your uh, VN, I wanted a little bit more from Nicholas Johnson on this one. Not that it was bad, I just needed a little bit more. Um, It was very, it was only five minutes. It was only a five-minute talk and Release and post-release interactions are so, so crucial because, hold on, to me, <laughs> before I go into a rant and go completely off of this thing, it is so crucial because developers, all due respect, have a one-track mind. Let's get this game out and let's get this game done. Rarely, do, and this is where the corporate business aspect comes into, into play. When you have somebody who's at the top who's a project manager, general manager, president, CEO, whatever you want to call them, they can look at the overall picture and say, okay, we need this EVN done, but we also need this EVN to turn over a profit. So how do we get it marketed? How do we get it out there? And how do we keep it continually building money? Because if it's only making money for six months and then we have to move on to something else that is not continually bringing in revenue, that is not a good game and it's not a good business decision. Again, that's like... The world's worst uh, backhand compliment to Wing Cloud, but that's one thing they get right that others kind of don't. Um, as much as I despise, as much as I despise their work, they and I d- I don't know what they're doing. I know they're doing more Patreon quote unquote sponsored visual novels now, but they know how to constantly turn over profit. Their games are making money, so profiting off of games is important post-release and interacting with the press and interacting with the people and making sure that they're getting their money's worth is absolutely crucial. The thing that can kill a development studio quicker than anything is saying, you know what? We're not going to worry about this anymore, even if the game has a bunch of problems. We're not going to worry about this anymore. We're just going to go on to the next thing. No. It kills AAA studios and indie studios when that happens. Visual Novel Studios are DOA if they do that. So, we needed a much, much longer talk on this one. Much longer. But, hopefully, hopefully in the future we will get, um, we'll get that full release and post-release interactions and the importance of it and dealing with the media, and I'm talking as a media person, because you cannot... So it can't be a one-track, man. It can't just be a one-stage development process where you just focus on getting out the game, and then you post it on Itch.io, and you post it on Steam, and you just wait for people to play and wait for the money to come, and nobody shows up. That is crucial, and we need more people talking and acting on that. So if if I had one gripe about the entire conference is that this talk was only five minutes. It needed to be much longer. But uh, uh, Ian Glidewell kind of helped buttress that a little bit and soften the blow on that because they talk he talked about experimental marketing and the need to market your games. This is such a crucial talk and it was very well done. And uh, this is the one game not in one game, but the one talk where I know I got the notes on it somewhere and it needs to be discussed much, much more. Um, I, I just like that it is something that was going in depth about just the levels of marketing you need to do and who is best to get in touch with. And the pros and cons and some of the, there was, I do appreciate in this conference we got a lot of, this didn't work out so well for me. And this is what I learned from it, those type of stories, learning from failure. We got a lot of that, and Nye's talk was well executed, well done. Uh, We needed um, just the marketing aspect and making sure you're doing the best by your game. Absolutely necessary. So, uh, well done on that one. Visual novels in the age of mobile. Again, very, very strong. Talking about the platforms other than just PC, Steam, um, that we can get into as as an EVM market. I think the potential there is, t- is being tapped. I have seen a lot of games on iOS uh, and a lot on Android. Granted, granted, it's Voltage, and I have my own issues with Voltage. <laughs> but um, there, it is a platform like any other platform that needs to be taken advantage of. So I really enjoyed the talk and the information that came from that talk. Again, it was pretty quick, but really, really enjoyed it. The weirdest talk happened next, and that was Nekaje from Scratch. Just because it was kind of scattershot. It was an overall talk of Joshua Renner's experience with making his game. And it was very informational, and it was very strong about development. But I think that, and this is just me being critically constructive... A little more steak and a lot less sizzle, as the old folks used to say, would be uh, important. And then just a brief history of the international localization and how that's grown from really being kind of, not kind of, very illegal to being more normalized and accepted. The reality is, and I know I got in an argument with this, so I know that. Uh, people who uh, people who didn't, people who pirated games before are now the ones making official localizations. Not so well and good with me. As long as, I mean, the bootleggers of the 1920s became the bar owners of the 1930s. So it's a matter of are you still doing it when you know you have a legal way out now? That's when it becomes suspect. So it's something worth watching and it is very, very important to the manga gamers, the Sekai projects and the other usa's Front Wings and the more and more Japanese developers go, hey, we don't need a third party to get into the English market the more these localization groups become important. So very good talk very good conference, that's what really wrapped it up. All things, to, all things considered. And that's our kind of broke down there was half of the conference that focused on the business side the industrial side talking about um building an organization and turning that organization into a profitable one and then there were the strictly development ones how to connect with your audience and the tools you need to build your visual novel and put it together in made for a very fantastic conference that went a long way in building the audience in the market for this. Um, if I had anything I wanted to see moving forward, it would be a stricter focus on theme. Like like I said, I don't have a I didn't really have a problem with any one talk. Some of them could have been lo- could have been longer. But and this uh, I don't mind that it lasted all day really because it was all very interesting to listen to. But A stricter focus on, okay, this is the conference where we talk about business and industry, and every talk will deal with the business and economic side of developing these games. That, I think, would have given, A, would have given people more time, because um, you would have had a slightly shorter list, and everybody would have been able to expound on their topic a little bit more than they did. And it gives people a chance to, it, it, it lights a fire. It says, you know what, yeah. This is possible These people have done it Let me try it It's what It's what I think Needs to happen Moving forward In the future With these web conferences Because I want them To continue And it's something That I look forward To seeing Come into action Much Come into action Much more in the future But overall It was a great way To start the year A great way to start Um the development process for a lot of people because I know there are some people reading that saying, yeah, I'm going to go work on my game now. Excuse me. (laughs) So, great way to start the year. Great way to get everything moving. Um, My only criticism is a stronger focus on theme, and that's really it. Um, What we're going to do is we're going to do an overall recap. You've heard it here. But we're going to do a slightly more detailed recap on some of the points that each developer and each presenter brought out that I thought was fantastic and necessary and I'm, I'm, I'm starting so much on it's fantastic, is necessary I don't have any details but those details will come with the um, with the full post on com as to just break it down and discuss what made each individual talk work and what could have been built upon uh several of the presenters are releasing their notes and the things all the things that they talked about that will be included in the wrap up post this very broadcast will be included in the wrap up post um a lot of things is are just going to be put together in a full package for the if you didn't come you get to see it all eventually this will be the entire conference will be available for anybody who didn't go or didn't have a ticket so we will look into broadcasting that right here on VNs Now Radio. If you're not interested in uh, just downloading the entire thing, we'll look about. Look, we'll look at breaking it into chunks one day, uh, each talk to chunks, and maybe doing like visual novel conference, all the business and industry talks one day, and then all the development talks another day, and we'll make that happen in the near future. But I'm very very grateful. Like I said, it was a, it was a day well spent, very educational. And hopefully this will happen sooner rather than later. It may need to be a biannual thing. Because I, I can see this happening after AX with a focus on Manga Gamer and JAST and Sekai Project and what they're doing business-wise. So that may be something to look into for the future. Uh, and it's some, definitely something that we will promote here more often on VNSNOW.com. It, it's a lot of things. we got to start promoting on VNSNOW.com a little bit more and we're working on it, I promise. But uh, we got a lot to do. Anyway, I appreciate everybody listening to this. We are. I'm going to go and see the end. Like, oh no, the game is over and the Falcons won. Yes, yes. Oh! Wait, no, no, no! It lied to me. It lied to me. No, I re, I just, it just refreshed. There's a minute left. Never mind. I take it back. The Falcons didn't win. I need to go and see this last minute of the game. Um, so <laughs> keep it locked right here to Vians now. Uh, we're going to have the full thing hopefully up by the end of the night. If not, we'll have it all together for you tomorrow morning uh, for anybody who didn't come to the conference. And as more information is taken uh, put out for the public, we'll have that for you. Um, every, all the information on the talks that you can follow will have that for you as well. And I'm just really grateful for Randy Al and everybody else Who put this thing together Thank you so much Had a great time It was a fantastic conference And hopefully we'll be seeing Much more of it Much more of its kind Very, 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 very soon But that is it for me At least for now We're going to get you back To um, the music for the night And I will be back Probably this weekend We have some things That we have to talk about Website rise And we're going to get into that um this week actually because everything should be ready by this week and a lot to do here i think (laughs) it's all good but it is stuff that i it's stuff that i've been wanting to do for a while and it's finally like okay joe do it and it is stuff for like okay jp do it and yeah we will make that happen for you very very proudly and hmm. I'm trying to see if there's anything else in my notes that I need to cover. I don't think there is anything in the digital notes, anything in Nope. Nope. Okay. So thank you very much. We're going to end it right here and we will pick up another day this weekend and we'll have the full recap and everything ready for you. Uh, before this day's end or this morning. Thank you again for tuning in to VMSNOW Radio for your coverage today. And we look forward to doing this thing very soon as well. So let me shut up and go and follow my Falcons to see what the hell is going on and make sure that everything is all right and we win this game. Keep it locked right here on VMS Now Radio and we will see you again soon. In this podcast was Trip City by Yoko Kano and Tim Jensen for Ghost in the Shell Stand Long Complex and No Respect by Keem Sclave. thank you to our patrons Caveat Lector, Jacob Sprong, Lily Capizzi and Luke Cheston for your continued support of this um, very venture I am your host and producer JP the Third you have been listening to the Vians Now podcast thank you very much and I will see you in the next one